Hello, and welcome to Capital Compass. We are the official podcast of the New York State Catholic Conference. I'm your host, Jillian. Today, in episode 13, I'll be talking with Lauren McCormick, Executive Director for the Office of Government Relations of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, also known as USCCB. We'll be chatting about Catholic federal advocacy. Throughout the 2022 legislative session, we are giving you updates on what is happening in Albany. Without further ado, here is your Legislative Minute. Welcome to the Legislative Minute. I'm here with Dennis Paust, Executive Director of the New York State Catholic Conference. Today, recording the Legislative Minute, it is Monday, March 28th, 2022. Dennis, can you tell us what's been happening in Albany recently? Thanks, Jillian. Well, we are now at the final week when the New York State budget is due for passage. Uh, As we record this, the uh, deadline is April 1st, and when it should be all said and done. The big, uh, one of the big holdups right now is Governor Hochul's 10-point public safety plan, which includes some changes to bail reform and uh, the raise the age uh, legislation and some other things. Uh, as far as where we are in that, we uh, applaud both her and legislators for for trying to strike a balance and to fix some of these laws that both balance the uh, rights of the accused and those who are being held uh, in places like Rikers Island, sometimes for long periods of time without trial, as well as with the idea of uh, public safety and um, the scourge of violent crimes. And so we're urging legislators and the governor to come together to do something that uh, looks after both uh, racial and economic disparities, but also improves the uh, or or builds upon the uh, progress we've made in trying to limit violence in our streets. And that was our Legislative Minute. We'll be back after a brief message. Are you interested in staying up to date with New York State legislation pertinent to the Catholic Church? Do you want your Catholic voice to be heard? Sign up for the Catholic Action Network by going to our website at nyscatholic.org slash action dash center or texting CAN to 50457. Again, CAN, C-A-N, to 50457. I'm here with Lauren McCormick, Executive Director of USCCB's Office of Government Relations. Lauren advocates on behalf of the U.S. bishops with Congress and the administration. On a day-to-day basis, Lauren is also specifically assigned to carry out the legislative priorities of the Bishop's Committee for Religious Liberty and Committee on Laity, Marriage, Family Life, and Youth. Before joining the Bishop's Conference, five years ago, Lauren was a policy advisor to her home state senator, Roy Blunt of Missouri, for seven years, where she handled the senator's religious freedom, adoption, pro-life, and social policy priorities. She and her husband, John, live in the D.C. area and are godparents to 10 children. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much, Jillian. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. As I said in your introduction, you work in the Office of Government Relations. So can you tell us a little bit about how your role with the U.S. Catholic Bishops Conference uh, intersects with your uh, personal life and, you know, your personal faith life? Absolutely. Well, I'm so blessed to be a part of our Catholic faith. And 
um, have just always loved the church and uh, my faith has always been a big part of my life. Thanks be to God. Um, and when I was on the Capitol Hill working in the Senate, um, I just had the privilege of being able to work on um, several important priorities for the church, religious liberty, the protection of life, and uh, a lot of other social policies. And um, actually during that time, got to work with the Bishop's Conference. And really, my so my predecessor came to me and said, would you be interested in working at the Bishop's Conference? I was grateful to be able to pray and discern that. And the opportunity came together. So here I am. I love using that professional experience that I received on Capitol Hill in public service and using that now for the service of the church and the bishops. And it's a great privilege. Really diving in now. Obviously, USCCB is represents the U.S. federal, you know, all the federal issues. So how does your office interact with other departments at USCCB, you know, the bishops uh, throughout the United States and, you know, the legislative and executive branches? Absolutely. So we, the church and, and the bishops conference, we are a large group. Um, there are many committees that the bishops have put together, whether it's pro-life, Catholic education, marriage and family, domestic social development, migration, communications, international justice and peace. So the bishops really care about all of those advocacy priorities and it takes a lot of coordination to make sure that all of the committees are talking to each other and that we have a cohesive and unified voice of the bishops at the federal level advocating with Congress and the administration on all of those areas that I just listed. So what my office does is making sure that the committees and the staff are all talking together, sharing our analysis on a particular piece of legislation, for example, how it might impact religious liberty or um, migrants and refugees, bringing that together, putting our letters together for the bishops, and then sending that to Capitol Hill and to the administration. So on a day-to-day -day basis, we are meeting with members of Congress, we're meeting with the administration, and we are talking a lot internally at the conference, again, to make sure that we have a cohesive and unified voice of the bishops speaking to federal issues. Now, you work on a lot of federal issues, but it also oftentimes involves a lot of states, you know, especially with New York having Chuck Schumer as a majority leader. Um, I guess, you know, I'm trying to lead into how do you partner with like our conference here in New York and other state Catholic conferences? So that is another important part of my job at the Bishops Conference is serving as a liaison to all of the state Catholic conference directors. And so I am regularly talking with the state Catholic conference directors and whenever there is a uh, federal issue where we need to specifically speak with a member in New York or a senator in another state, I will partner with the state Catholic conference. And if, if there's something, um, for example, in New York, I will call Dennis and we will partner together to go to that federal legislator and have the unified voice of the church to say, this is a federal issue and we also have the support of the new york state catholic conference because this given issue affects uh, catholics and the church in new york and i'd say a big area um, that has required a lot of collaboration and it has 
borne a lot of fruit in the last two years is assistance for our Catholic schools. With the pandemic, um, our Catholic schools suddenly needed a lot more support to make sure that they could keep their doors open and keep serving children and students in person. And so I worked very closely with uh, the New York Catholic Conference and all of the other Catholic conferences around the country to assess the needs of our Catholic schools and then bring that message to federal legislators. And it uh, thankfully resulted in a lot of aid that was able to help the Catholic schools stay open during the pandemic. Yeah, education is obviously big in our office, um, as I'm sure it is in a lot of other uh, state Catholic conferences. Going off of that, you know, here in New York and other uh, state conferences, the sheer breadth of issues we work on uh, is so unique among among advocacy groups um, and doesn't align neatly with any political party. You know, I I know some people will say certain issues, we might be more right-leaning or left-leaning, but, you know, obviously at the end of the day, it's all based on Catholic teaching. And I'm sure you see the same thing on... um, the federal level, but can you talk about the common themes that kind of run through the church's advocacy uh, in Washington and the challenges of being viewed by lawmakers as both liberal and conservative at the same time? Absolutely. Well, I hope they always see me as just a Catholic first and, um, you know, a humble face of the church. And it's it's one of my favorite parts of the job to to be able to have that credibility that comes with um, representing the church that we we don't fall into any um, political categories we are we're here to advocate for everybody and uh, I, I say that sometimes in our our hill visits because we there's such a long list of our our committees and the topics that we work on and it's because we care about everybody so um, it it's a it's a privilege because it, it brings a lot of credibility to the, the meetings that we're having with legislators. It, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat, there is always an issue where we can go into the office and speak with a lot of credibility and, and have common ground on a given issue, whether it's affordable housing policy or the protection of unborn children. So um, we, we start with that common ground and we do our best to bridge that and help that those shared principles translate to the other areas where we may disagree. Um, It's difficult to make a lot of progress on that in the the current polarized environment, but we're here to speak the truth and share the gospel. And um, we hope that it plants a seed that grows later, even if we don't see the fruit in the short term. Uh, So I I really enjoyed how you, you you know, you mentioned the finding common ground. So we've had Kathy Gallagher, who um, was our pro-life activities uh, director. She has since retired. And then we've also had Kristen Curran, who's our new government relations person. So, you know, I think, um, you know, it's hard to sometimes see that, but I think it's really important that we do find that common ground. I agree. And whenever I am preparing for a meeting with a member of Congress or a senator, or a member of the administration, I always lead with something positive and find, I, I find something to be grateful for. Even if the meeting is about something where we totally disagree to, to really seek out um, an area where we have that common ground with the member where the member has done good work in an area that's important to the church and to bishops. And um, I think that really starts things off on a good foot. and. 
there there is a there's a lot there's always something that you can find to be grateful for um and the the members of congress they they do this work it's it's hard work they they are motivated by that desire for public service and to try to connect with them at that level and express gratitude for something is a, a good way to go so i i recommend that whenever folks are talking to their legislators not just talking with legislators but i feel like especially in this current political climate it's hard to um think about trying to find the common ground it's uh it's a very different world right now yes it is and it's easy to be just negative all the time and have and there's lots of things to complain about and uh we all have our sufferings but try to have that plant that seed of hope and say you know maybe there's something to be thankful for in this situation and and how can we build on that kind of going from this um i guess uh right now some people in new york might not pay attention to the catholic issues going on federally as much so what are some of the hot topics right now? so a few weeks ago congress passed its government funding bill for the current fiscal year. It was a, a big package. We were grateful. There were many of the conference's priorities that were included in that that we were grateful for. Things like preventing taxpayer funding of abortion, humanitarian assistance for Ukraine, funding for migrants and refugees and care for creation, lots of things like that. Um, so that was a big development the last couple of weeks. Right now, as you can imagine, Ukraine, you know, making sure that Congress is appropriately responding to the war in Ukraine and the Supreme Court nomination process is is a really big focus in the Senate right now. The conference doesn't take any position on nomination, so we're not working on that specifically, but it's a big focus at the federal level. And then for us, we are definitely preparing for the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs v. Jackson women's health case, which we're expecting later this summer, but you know, you never know when it could come out. And I did want to mention that just on Monday, we actually had the president of USCCB join with eight of the conference's committee chairmen to release a statement called Standing with Moms in Need. And if listeners haven't taken a look at it, I really encourage you to do so. It is a positive and inspiring message about how the church seeks to redouble our efforts to support women and their children in their time of need. And um, it's just a, a beautiful vision as we prepare for that case to come out. So that was um, a significant development this week in terms of our work. We hope that that's inspiring to the church at large and all of those elected officials who are also preparing for the Dobbs case to come out. We continue to pray for the Supreme Court to make the right decision there. Other things that we are thinking about we are concerned about regulations that will be hostile to religious liberty coming out of the Biden administration in the next couple of months. So um, we're doing our best to prepare for that. Things like the contraception mandate we think will come up again. That was came up um, in previous administrations, but we think that will come up again. And other regulations that will pose 
challenges to the ability of Catholic institutions to partner with the government to provide needed social services, whether it's in healthcare or education, et cetera. So we'll have to see what those rules say when they come out, but we are monitoring that, getting ready to respond. And then otherwise, um, the other things that we are working on on the Hill, we're hopeful that a bill called the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act will pass to the Senate. We're actively supporting that bill. We have a current action alert up on our website, would encourage folks to go there. That would improve workplace protections for pregnant mothers. And then other things we're working on um, include some of the provisions that were in um, President Biden's Build Back Better Act that we hope can continue to go forward in Congress, even though that reconciliation bill is currently solved. There are pieces of that that the conference really supported and wanted to see go forward. A couple of examples of that are the environmental provisions, funding for care for creation, and also the expanded child tax credit. So we are, are continuing to see what opportunities might be available to move those um, aspects of the policy forward. Always something going on or multiple things. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned that um, for workplace uh, pregnant women, you have an action alert, but I'm sure you also have a ton of other action alerts on your website. So can you um, let people know how uh, they can take action, like where they can take action and also maybe some other ways people can get involved on the federal level? Yes, we would love for listeners to sign up for action alerts. You can go to usccb.org forward slash take hyphen action, and that will take you to our action alert page. You can subscribe and we will notify you when there's an opportunity for you to contact your elected officials about a bill that we're supporting or you know, expressing concern about a regulation that's problematic like I was just talking about. And then on our page at the Office of Government Relations, we on the USCCB website, we have recently launched an advocacy update newsletter, which comes out every Friday and it summarizes the conference's public statements and letters so that folks are up to date with what the bishops are saying on, on advocacy and anyone can subscribe to that. So those are two ways that um, folks can follow what the conference is doing. That sounds great. It, it's a project that I have wanted to launch for the last couple of years and we finally got it off the ground this week thanks to some amazing work of my colleagues in our office and the support of several other offices at the conference. So so happy to have it. And I'm really proud at the way that the communications we put out from the conference demonstrates the consistent ethic of life that we have. It's it's putting our 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 job statement about the protection of all human life next to the statement that the administrative committee just issued on the protection of migrants and refugees last week and the the bishop statement on Ukraine and calling for an end to the war. So it, it really puts everything together. And I think it is really a beautiful um, witness to the the church's concern for all people, like I said. Yeah, it's um it's a great way for maybe some people who don't want to watch the news 24 seven 
to you know get your news, especially obviously your Catholic news, um, on what's going on without having to really get engulfed with everything else going on. That's right. I think the there's so much information these days, um, and we we consume so much information every day. But I I I do hope that these resources are helpful to understand the the priorities of the bishops and the advocacy that the church is doing and how Catholics can get involved to support that mission. And I know in New York, you all do such great work representing the bishops and and Catholics in New York at um, the Capitol there. So um, I hope that everybody's getting your updates as well and encourage folks would encourage folks to sign up for your New York alerts as well. I didn't even have to plug that. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Lauren. Julian, thank you for having me. God bless you. Thank you for your work sincerely. And I just, I hope you have a great remainder of Lent and a joyful Easter. Thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to the Capital Compass podcast. And thank you so much to Lauren for coming on the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be coming out with a new episode every other week. If you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To catch all the latest from the conference, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NYSCatholicConf and on Facebook at NYSCatholicConference. Thanks again, and God bless.